0: yes sir we are back with thinking out loud thank you so much for coming back today we've got a special episode different than the ones we've done so far we've tackled some heavy topics like LGBTQ inclusion in the United Methodist Church, sexual abuse, and modesty, and adoption, and looked at hell last week. This week, a little bit lighter. Still some serious issues and themes and topics that we can pull out, but we are looking at the movie Captain Marvel, which released just last weekend, or two weeks ago now, and me and a good friend Matt Rioli talk about it. He is a teacher at the King's Christian School in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. He also works part-time for his church. Also a big comic book fan and a fan of the Marvel movies. So brought him on and we just have a pretty short conversation. But we talk about the movie as a movie. We also look at some of the themes in the movie and how they impact our life. And I love watching movies. And I do love them for entertainment value in some ways to escape. But I think movies do a great job at shaping worldview and telling stories that we couldn't do through a scientific approach through uh, straight propositions of what is true what is not true and stories are a way to learn and I think that is true whether whether we think we are learning or not when I watch movies when I watch TV shows I like to think through what is it that this movie is telling me and do I agree do I not agree does this line up with Uh, with God's word with what I believe to be true through God's word and through the spirit in my life and what what is true in this movie what is the truth that I can take from this movie and apply to my life when I was in college uh, one of my favorite courses which I actually forget it was an elective I forget the title of it but we read through this book called Hollywood Worldviews by Brian Godawa who is an award-winning screenwriter and lecturer And in it, he just talks about the importance of watching movies and discerning what you're watching and seeing the truth and the themes in it and the worldview that's behind it. And in the preface of the book, he says, movies are first and foremost stories. And so is the Bible. The Bible is the story of God's redemptive activity in history. It communicates doctrine and theology mostly through story. Storytelling draws us into truth by incarnating worldview through narrative. Jesus taught about the kingdom of God mostly through parables, sensate, dramatic stories. He chose stories of weddings, investment bankers, unscrupulous slaves, and buried treasure over syllogisms, abstractions, systematics, or dissertations. He could do abstraction. He preferred not to. And he continues to say, If you try to scientifically dissect the parable, you will kill it. And if you discard the carcass, once you have your doctrine you have discarded the heart of God. Because of our modern Western bias toward rational theological discourse, we are easily blinded to the biblical emphasis on visually dramatic stories. We downplay the visual, while God embraces the visual as vital to his message. We elevate rational discourse and put down dramatic theater as too emotional or entertainment oriented, while God elevates drama as part of the Imago Dei. We consider stories to be quaint illustrations of abstract doctrinal universal truths, while God uses sensate dramatic stories as his dominant means of incarnating truth. God loves movies. And so I love movies too. And so I loved Captain Marvel. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation that Matt and I have about this movie. And uh, if you haven't seen it, be warned, we Do touch on a few spoilers, and you should probably wait to listen to this episode until after you watch it. And here's my conversation with Matt Rioli. All right, we're here with Matt. Matt, how are you doing today?
1: I am still waking up, but I'm doing well.
0: Nothing better to wake you up than a little Captain Marvel action. Mm. So we both have seen the movie. What were your takeaways? What were your general thoughts about the movie?
1: I thought it was a pretty solid movie, so when I watched the first couple trailers, um, I'm typically like, I don't know, 9 for 10 by judging how good a movie is going to be based on the trailer. Right. And so when I saw the Captain Marvel trailer, I was like, it's probably, in my opinion, I was like, it's going to be like, I don't know, I was afraid that she was going to be a little too campy, kind of like a little too rote and like a little too corny yeah um i was like i feel like it's just gonna be okay but it definitely exceeded my expectations so i was really really happy about that i think that they i think what they did in the trailers was they cut out a lot of the good stuff which was which made me happy because they usually show like
0: some of the the best best parts
1: in the trailer and then you see the movie and you're like oh well that was okay yeah so i think it was a pretty solid movie um i'd give it like a seven out of ten so that's where it's kind of, uh,
0: really you're kind of like caught up thing. in the Marvel universe right yes oh yeah so like w- is this towards the top end for you or
1: um I'd say the way I kind of thought about it was that I feel like it's kind of the same quality as like the first Captain America movie okay um, in terms of the movie like the first Captain America movie wasn't the best Marvel movie but it was a really solid movie Right. Um, it was a really solid Marvel movie and it did a great job introducing who the character is and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So I think that's the same thing with Captain Marvel is that just like Captain America, it's a really solid movie. It wasn't the best one, um, but I think it was it did a really good job introducing who she is, um, why she's fighting all that stuff and yeah. uh, kind of like her heart in a lot of areas.
0: Yeah, I I I agree with that. I you had said based on the trailer, you thought it might be a little campy, which I think is exactly how I felt about Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and th- I do think that Captain Marvel did a better job at avoiding sina- some of those like tropes and um, yeah cliches. And, and I I also get in Captain America that you know based on the setting and the time it took place, it was kind of it yeah. it was supposed to be that. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't really like Captain America that much, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Captain Marvel. And I did, (laughs) I liked the other Captain. I did like Captain Marvel. I thought, I agree with you that, you know, it's it's not one of the best Marvel movies, but as far as like the origin stories in the Marvel universe go, this is definitely up there. Um, I thought they did a good job at setting out the this backstory and just introducing you to this character. So it definitely, I think it accomplished what they were after and uh, sets yeah. up well for uh, end game, which is right around the corner here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Had you seen uh, Brie Larson in anything else before?
1: I don't think I have. Um, yeah, I, mean, yeah. kept, I keep meaning to see room, um, right. but I, I don't think I've seen her in anything else.
0: Yeah, I hadn't either. I thought she did. I thought she was awesome. I thought the casting as a whole in the whole movie was mm-hmm. really good. And here's our, our probably our first spoiler, but Ben Mendelsohn and uh, Jude Law. I thought mm-hmm. the casting of those two were perfect. Yeah. Because it played into kind of mm-hmm. the the twist that was there. Yeah. Because Ben Mendelsohn is the perfect sketchy character yes. that you just never trust. And so mm-hmm. as soon as he shows up, you're like, oh, obviously the bad guy. Yeah. And yeah. then Jude Law's got like those beautiful green eyes. So you're like, yeah, I trust yeah. you. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> you're you're fine. Spoiler alert, that's not exactly what's happening. And yeah. So I thought that casting was really good because it just in the casting alone, it sets you up for the twist.
1: Um mm-hmm. so I thought
0: I thought that was really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I really appreciated like when it when you find out that like the scrolls are not. Like their comic book versions as of now, like they're like the scrolls are notoriously like the worst in right in the comics, and when you find out that it's like, dude, we're just we're almost all extinct, like they've been murdering us, and we just want to be safe like that's all we want right now. and like I was waiting for there to be like a second twist, like plot twist do law sucks, and the scrolls are actually good, and I was like, okay, but the scrolls, they're not good, and then the movie ends, and I'm like dang like that's to me that was very risky because like again like for comic people like that's just like a how can there be good scrolls so like that's yeah yeah. that was pretty cool to kind of play on that
0: yeah and and i think i honestly that plays at like a larger real life theme Mm -hmm. in that like perspective matters yeah um I was just listening to I've I've been into this podcast called The Bible Binge. Okay. And they like break down uh different Bible stories and they have a lot of fun with it. But they were talking about um Samson and Delilah. Yeah. And you know, Delilah is portrayed as the bad one. Yeah. And like she's this evil temptress and stuff. And, you know, she does like Samson is just stupid, is kind of what has actually yep. happened. Like it's not like Delilah is she's not really even trying to hide what she's doing. Yeah. Um, so you get sure what she's doing isn't great, but she's pretty upfront about it. And Samson's just an idiot, yeah. but Samson also like spends his life killing the Philistines. And so Delilah is a Philistine. And so she's like, you know, you've been killing my people. Like you're in Delilah's mm-hmm. eyes. Samson is the bad guy. Yeah. And so what she's doing is a good thing. And so, we see that kind of in the movie, like, yeah, with the backstory of the scrolls, you go in expecting them to be bad. But then when you find out what the Kree have been doing to them, maybe the scrolls aren't the best people, but you also you do gain some empathy for them. Mm-hmm.
1: And we can kind of see that, like, I don't know, I kind of just saw this earlier, but like, you can kind of see that with in our day with after nine eleven, and there was that just extremely negative stigma in America and, and a lot of other parts of the world towards Muslims and people from the Middle East. And then when the Syrian refugee crisis started happening and people are trying to get to safety, there's a lot of people in Western society that are like, we don't trust you and like, you know, stay where you are. And like, you know, you're bad and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, these are people who are just trying to be safe, they're trying to escape war, they're trying to escape awful things. And if we come in with that same kind of stigma and that same kind of baggage, that you know, we had with like the scrolls and Captain Marvel. If you come in with that same type of negativity, then we're literally just depriving people who are who are seeking safety of a form of refuge.
0: Just yesterday, there—I don't know if you saw the shooting yeah. in New Zealand. Some guy, I wow. th- saw forty-nine people died, shot up two different mosques. Yeah. That is obviously because yeah. he's bought into a narrative there that is not true yeah. of all Muslims. And so to just assume that, mm-hmm. well, I know your backstory and you're evil you're the bad guy i'm the good guy and so taking yeah. you out is for the greater good we can definitely fall into that trap rather than seeing people as made in the image of god regardless of what others who look like them or talk like them or you know may claim yeah. to be yeah. on the same side as them have done um to actually mm-hmm. see them as as human what were some of the other themes that kind of actually before that I just want to say, I thought that in the very beginning, the, like,
1: the opening credits, the yeah. Stan Lee yes. kind
0: of tribute was yeah, pretty Yeah, it was cool. pretty good. I'm pretty sure my fiance one.
1: sitting next to me may have started crying like, at that point. I was like, the movie hasn't even started yet, babe. Come on, keep it <laughs> in. Yeah, that was a nice <laughs> touch. <time. laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and then I, I didn't know, I guess it makes sense that he was yeah. in the movie, but I was curious. I was like, oh, I wonder, like. Based on Mm. his health, like, and when this movie was made, like, is he going to make his cameo or not? And I get, I would assume this was the last one.
1: I don't, but I don't know. I think so. Unless they're going to CGI it, which I really hope they don't. Right. But Yeah. yeah.
0: So what were some of the other themes that jumped out to you in the movie?
1: For me, one of the ones, especially for, so like walking into it with, with any, with anything that comes out of Hollywood, you expect an agenda. Right. Kind of. To stick out, and so I was like, okay, this is either going to be a really heavy feminist agenda, and very like you know, this, this, hopefully this is probably going to sound really bad to some people, but um, <laughs> in a, in a lot of movies that come out where there's a female tough character, it I feel like she's trying to be a very male tough character, like a stereotypical dude, right? Um, and Captain Marvel was not that; she yeah. was herself, which. I love, I think for me, that was one of the big takeaways was like, she wasn't trying to being overly tough. She's not being overly like, she's not being some type of like, weird, random seductress. She's not being anything stereotypical. She is just herself. She's kind. She's compassionate. You see her blowing up spaceships. You also see her serving and washing dishes at the end. Like it's, it's little things like that, that like Her character was so – I appreciated it so much because she didn't – she just was herself, and I loved that. Yeah, There wasn't an agenda. There wasn't anything, you know, forced in that she was like, I I want to, you know, be the best that I can be or at least do my best. So, like, you know – Every time when, when it would show flashbacks of her like failing at something, you would always show her like getting back up and like, I'm going to do it again and like keep pressing on and that, that kind of whole vibe. So I don't know if I necessarily have like a one takeaway, but I, I loved that she was just herself. Yeah. And that I think that's something that is valuable to, I think a lot of people.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought that they did a really good job with her character and character development throughout the movie. And we had talked yesterday about that, uh, That hot take from Desiring God. Mm -hmm. What a hot take it was! It was so so hot. uh, I don't want to burn my microphone by reading it, but uh, so Greg Morse. I don't want to blame everyone at Desiring God for this hot take. Greg Morse was the author of it, but he he did uh, not like the feminist agenda that he saw in it. Which I I would agree with you that I didn't really see an Mm -hmm. unhealthy feminist agenda. I think that. Clearly, you have a a female protagonist, and so that's going to speak to women. But yeah, it it wasn't you know anything. I can't watch that movie and be offended by yeah. it. Like, yeah. um, there was nothing nothing really there. And so, th- I'm just gonna read what he said. Uh, just this a couple of little paragraphs here. Okay. The great drumroll of the previous Avenger movies led to this, a woman protecting men and saving the world. The mightiest of all the Avengers, indeed, after whom they are named, is the armed princess turned feminist queen who comes down from the tower to do what Prince Charming could not. Am I nitpicking? It is a movie after all. I wish it were. Instead of engaging the movie's ideology as mere fiction, a fun escape to another world, we have allowed it to bear deadly fruit on earth. Along with Disney, we abandon the traditional princess vibe and seek to empower little girls everywhere to be strong like men. Cinderella trades her glass slipper for combat boots, Belle, her book, her books for a bazooka. Does this insanity bother us anymore? So, I mean, that that's pretty scorching that take, right? there. Uh, Yeah. I don't, I don't see that at all. Like yeah. this just seems like is male fragility a term. Like that's what that yeah. this seems like. Yeah. And th- he kind of goes on and it seems like his problem is that women might watch this movie and want to join the army and like yeah. fight wars and yeah. stuff, which like, really, that's, that's your worry. Yeah. Um, and, and if they go to fight wars and they can't shoot fire out of their fist, then, you know, yeah. we're misleading them as if like, I can watch captain America and be like, Oh, I could fall out of a, tower and smash my head on a on a semi truck and be fine because he's a man and i'm a man so right this
1: this works yeah
0: so i mean that i feel like that was silly and he's probably not the only one who has some upsetness to a quote feminist agenda which i don't think was in the movie and i think they even had opportunities to do it and didn't towards the end of the movie Uh, where I forget Jude Law's character's name when Captain Marvel and him kind of like face off at the end. Mm -hmm. And he says to her kind of playing on something they had talked about earlier, but he said, You know, I've always told you, you'd be ready when you were able to knock me down as yourself. Yeah. Trying to get her to fight, like without using her powers or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like that was an opportunity where they could have played on a comic book trope. Because I feel like there's always that scene where it's like, let's put down our weapons and fight with our fist. She, as the woman, could have used her natural strength to take down a man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they could have played that part up but i love that she just was she just shot him like with yeah. a big fire blast i thought that was awesome in the movie uh yeah. kind of to to break several different uh tropes i also thought it was a good like spiritual theme there yeah. i know it probably was not their intention i just when i saw that i thought you know that's kind of that's what the enemy does the enemy yeah. always exactly. wants us to fight him on his terms yeah and so often we we agree to that, you know, we, the the playing field shifts from the very beginning, you know, where the serpent is in the garden and says, is that really what God said? And, you know, just turns the, shifts the playing field a little bit and says, invites Eve to come play on his terms. And when she does, we know how that ends and it's not well. Yeah. Uh, But we, we all do that, that instead of sticking to what we know to be true or using the gifts that God has given us, we're like, all right, I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own strength. And Mm -hmm. that's never going to end well for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's like the same thing is like, I, I agree completely. It's just like, you know, I don't have to do anything in, you know, fighting against sin and temptation. Like Christ is the one who has the victory. His spirit is in me. So like why why do i need to try and like grit my teeth and fight against you when in reality there is no there's no competition crisis superior
0: i think a big a big part of the movie uh and carol danvers' exploration of herself and her character development yeah. was a lot about uh, identity and finding yeah. who you are um yeah. can you think of like how that kind of played out in the movie
1: yeah um i think that I mean, she was so, I don't know, she was kind of so concerned with finding out who she was in her past, which I think was valuable and, and all that stuff. But her, she tried to, I don't know, my kind of takeaway is that, and I may have said this a little bit earlier, but like she tried to achieve something, like have a goal and like, I want to, I want to win. I want to be number one. And then kind of like what you said when she's fighting, uh, Yanrog at the end. And Jude Law's Jude Law's character. Right. And he's like, I want you to, to fight against me like hand to hand. She's just like, I'm just gonna be myself. Like, I don't need to prove myself to anybody. Like there's nothing I don't need to I don't need to prove myself. There's there's nothing I yeah. need to do. Uh, I don't need anybody's like validation. I don't need anybody's acceptance based on their own agenda. I'm I am me. And I'm secure in that. Yeah, I don't know if that, like answer the question, but yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, no, I for sure. I think you know she kind of throughout the movie looks for identity in I think all of the areas that we look for identity. So in my past, right? So she's trying to figure out where she came from. She kind of gets these flashbacks and she's remembering a lot of like the mistakes that she made and is kind of filling in the blanks uh, as best she can, but in a negative way and kind of. Shaping her present based on that. And then, even in the beginning of the movie, as she's like training with Jan Rog, like she, you can tell her identity is in her abilities because she mm-hmm. wants to default to using that instead of training. And then the fact that she was fighting for the Cree, obviously, she thought she was Cree, but she was looking yeah. for her identity in community, you know, where she was accepted. And then, in, in her purpose. Um, and so we all look for our identity in in those things. But as she settles at the end of the movie, like you were saying, her mm-hmm. she is secure in herself. And obviously as as Christians, our identity first and foremost is to be found in Jesus Christ and not in our past, not in our abilities, not in if people accept us or who accepts us, but that we're on a a firm, firm ground in who God says that we are. Um, But there is, you know, the greatest commandment is to, to love the Lord, your God, but also to love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's this kind of underlying aspect of, you have to love yourself to be Mm -hmm. able to love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was cool to watch her do that because even at the beginning, Jan Rog tells her, you know, other people's needs before your own and he's he's saying that to manipulate her but really it's not until she's able to accept her for herself that she's yeah. really able to think about other people's needs before her own Yeah, you know um, and so I think that that is true of us as well
1: um, if you haven't seen it and we just spoiled the movie well you were slacking so yeah. go watch it um no, it was really good. I'm thankful for it. Um it definitely alleviated concerns for me about where they were gonna go with their character and all that stuff. So I, I'm excited for Endgame in like a month and a half. Yeah,
0: like right around the corner.
1: Yeah, so that's gonna be cool. great. All
0: right, well thanks for coming on Matt and uh we'll we'll have you back. We'll talk about uh maybe we'll talk about Endgame. As always, thank you to Lowercase People at Lowercase Music on Instagram for their intro music. Thank you to at Ministry crate for the logo. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the episodes that we've had so far, please rate and review. Subscribe on iTunes. Share with some friends. Follow us on social media. You can find those links in the show notes. Until next time.